Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey, yo, what's up? It's your girl, Erica Mason, a.k.a. Miss Pretty and Radical. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's what up, RG? Yo, 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 yo. This your boy, E-Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all see it. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTMV Sports, and today we are elated to have Saints fangirl Megan Reyes on the line with us. She's going to talk to us about the New Orleans Saints as they head into the NFC Championship game. It's such a big deal for the city of New Orleans. It's such a big deal for all Saints fans, and I'm just elated to be able to get a chance to speak to her about what's going on. Megan, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. Hey, Rick, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to talk all things Saints. Um, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. It's kind of how I've gone down the path for my career. I've worked for sports teams. I currently work for 2K right now, the video game company. But I'm very honored on the side to also cover the New Orleans Saints for Fangirl Sports Network. And for those that don't know what Fangirl Sports is, we are a all-female sports media platform. We have one girl covering every team in the NFL and the NBA, and we just bring you all news and content for your team. So I'm very proud as a lifelong Saints fan to be your Saints fangirl, and I'm excited to talk who that with you. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's hop right in. I have I have some questions I need answers to. Um, okay. We're, we're overall... I'm looking at the Saints coming off of basically what was essentially a two-week bye for um, people like Drew Brees and and people like um, Elvin Kamara, right? Um, But they come into the game against the Eagles. Their first play of the game, they go deep, right, to Ted Ginn. Mm -hmm. It gets picked off, and then from there, it seems like this sad avalanche of nonsense, right? (laughs) And and it seemed like the Saints started off kind of slow. What would you say would be some of our possible reason for the slow start? Well, I do think that interception so, like, within seconds of the game starting, definitely, I don't want to say it shook their confidence, but it definitely got them a little rattled. And I mean, the dome was loud. Everyone was excited. I mean, I even, I was watching the game at a bar. I was watching at a bar with pretty much all Eagles fans. I was literally the only Saints fan there. And I got excited. I mean, when Drew Brees throws a deep pass and he looked like he had get open, I got really excited. I did not see that coming and so it definitely I think it kind of got to them and then um from there on you know we were going three and out which it's hard and I feel like we were starting to dig this hole for ourselves and um I think starting off a game like that is definitely going to change the momentum very early and not in the way that they wanted it now be honest with me right just just for a second were you nervous I was nervous I was well, especially, like I said, I'm with Eagles fans, so they're they're hyped. <laughs> they're like, we got this. Well, I, they, in all transparency, they went into it like, we're not expecting big things, but we think we can do it. So, obviously, their confidence is up, and I'm the only Saints fan, so I'm just consoling myself. I, I was like, I was talking to Mr. Benson up in heaven. I'm like, somebody help us out because I'm kind of nervous right now, especially when we were down 14-0 before Lattimore's uh, first pick, 
I'm thinking if they score right now and we go down 21-0 at home, we're done. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was kind of in that same, I'm, I'm looking at the game. I saw where we were headed and it was scary. Like it was very scary. <laughs> I was super nervous in here, just like you were. Um, and, and as I'm watching the game, I'm kind of, I, I see the story unfolding and I hear all yeah. of the haters. Like basically, <laughs> I, I can just see the text message that I was going to receive, right? Right, and, right. <laughs> and <laughs> until that interception by Lattimore, I felt the same way. I was like, look, if mm-hmm. Nick Foles goes down here and scores again, I, I really don't know how we pull ourselves up from here. So here's my question, though, right? We did have the turnaround. There was a big turnaround. And cool part on the defense, I mean, they just didn't let him score again, which I thought was super awesome. If you had to yeah. kind of give an MVP to somebody on on the Saints team for that game against the Eagles, who's your MVP? Um, Without hesitation, I would say Lattimore. Wow. Personally. I mean – that especially at the end of the game he was i mean he read that well but he, i mean that could have easily just been a dropped pass right yeah absolutely but he picked it off and so it could have just been a dropped pass and i don't even remember what down it was but they still could have had the possibility to keep driving down the field and score but that pick especially at the end of the game and him reading that well and being in the right place in the right time and picking off that ball was huge for us personally he has my game ball yeah, and, and I agree with that. I mean, his awareness right there, it mm-hmm. mattered. Like, we needed him to be aware. We needed him to have hands, basically, because right. if he had DB hands, he would have dropped it, right? right. <laughs> but he didn't. Yeah. Like, he has, he has like, wide receiver hands, and I think that's because of his background. So, awesome. He catches it, and, and he gets us off the field, and, and you know, they're taking a picture, and I'm, I was, man, I, my heart I just kind of, yeah. I was so excited. Like I said, only Saints fan of bar, I was losing my mind. <laughs> How the Eagles fans? How the Eagles fans react when when they saw the pick? Um, they honestly were like typical Nick Foles. I mean, you can't like discredit Nick Foles, but I was even talking to my brother um, before the game because you know you can never count any team out. That's when you make mistakes, and that's when you get a little ahead of yourself. And so you know that morning, I'm sure as most Saints fans were on Sunday, we were nervous. We woke up, you know, haven't played in two weeks. Um, and I, he, he even said, he's like, you know, I'm, um, I'm nervous about Nick Foles. You know, he's, this isn't the same team we saw, um, in week 11. Um, and I told him, I'm like, yes, but at the same time, when they played the bears, they weren't great. He had like two or three picks. So when he threw that, well, it wasn't really even his fault. It was kind of Alshon's fault. Um, but they were kind of like, you know, we didn't really expect to win this game. Hmm. Okay, so as they, much as they wanted to, they didn't necessarily go in with high hopes of winning the game. So, so you think Eagles fans came in a little bit humble? Um, no. Are Eagles fans ever humble? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I can answer that. I don't think there's the right answer to that because we know they're notorious for not being humble. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, look, we we give up the 14 points. After mm-hmm. that. Then our our team they play I mean phenomenal our defense was didn't give up another score not a field goal right. nothing right they gave up nothing from then on and mm-hmm. that was the last bit of their scoring now we ended off kind of you know hot defensively do you think that carries over into our Rams game I think it does and I sure hope it does um, I mean I think and tell me if you agree but our defense has been carrying us since the Cowboys game. 
Yeah, I do agree with that. To be honest with so, you, yeah, I have to agree with that because the offense seems to have stalled or the chemistry isn't there or um, we don't have a lot of weapons outside of of um, of Thomas. Michael and, Thomas, I really think that's what it is. Yeah, uh, and Thomas and Kamara. And Kamara hasn't even – I mean, Kamara's been great, but he hasn't been as great as we're, we're used to seeing him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Our defense has been carrying us since the Cowboy game and even in yeah. the Cowboy game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, that could have – that for – I it was rough for how poorly we played. We shouldn't have lost by three or two or however many we lost by. But I do think that, um, that will certainly carry into the game on Sunday. Um, our defense has, yeah, they've bailed us out a lot. <laughs> so, you know, the Rams like halfway through, um, I mean, actually towards the end of the season, Girlies hurt. They go out and pick up C.J. Anderson. We're, um, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, like we just kind of nobody's hoping or expecting anything from C.J. Anderson. If you're a fantasy player, I mean, you just you realized a great get like towards the end of the season, right? Because right. C.J. Anderson start going off, right? Um, and now they have like this two headed monster. Like they have exactly what we have. They they have almost like an Ingram and Kamara. Now they have C.J. Anderson and, and Gurley. Do you foresee the Saints having any trouble with those two backs? That, it, I mean, I'm not going to lie, that is probably one of my biggest concerns um, because I was saying for most of the year that once Cooper Cup got hurt, the Rams weren't really the same. It was kind of a similar situation where, I mean, Brandon Cooks is a great player and obviously Robert Woods is a great player, but it's kind of the same thing. Like their passing game wasn't the same. Just as for us, our passing game isn't as explosive as it was in the beginning because you're just going to double team Michael Thomas. We, and we didn't have Ginn back. And so I felt like we are kind of in the same position as far as um, on the offensive side of the ball for both teams because, yeah, they both had over, what, 100 rushing yards on Saturday? Yeah. And it, it's scary. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie, it does make me nervous. And one of the reasons it does make me nervous is because we don't have Sheldon Rankins. And I think that's a big deal, too. I think that's a huge deal. Not having um, Sheldon Rankins takes away a lot for us. One, it, it our ability to stop the run, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And then yep. two, it helps um, our inside pressure. So our interior pressure that would get in um, in golf's face, we, I know we have it in David Ayamada, but I'm not – He's not Rankins. Like, he's great, yeah. but he's not the pressure cooker that Rankins is. And so, um, yeah, I'm concerned about that, too. Yeah, no, I think it's definitely going to be a juggernaut for us. And I am I certainly have faith in our defense, but it's not going to be the same as when we played them in Week 9. Okay, so tell me this. If the Saints do win the game, um, <sighs> what would have been the reason? Oh, man. Uh, two things, and I think these are always my keys to success for the Saints. I think the reason would be um, we establish that run game and we do so early because um, we've struggled with that. And then I think secondly, it would be our defense because, like I said, our defense has done so much for us this season. So you're not thinking Drew Brees has a great day or you're not thinking Michael Thomas goes off for, I don't know, 45 uh, catches in 335 yards. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I think the reason I don't want to bet on that is we haven't seen that recently. It's been a while since we've seen that. Maybe this is the week that they turn it on, um, and maybe we can get Ginn productive, and if that's the case, then it could be. Because it was, I mean, the last time we played the Rams, it was a shootout, and it got a little scary there towards the end. Um, 
And so that could certainly be the case, but I just, for whatever reason, we haven't seen it lately. And so I don't want to count on that. That's but so hopefully true. That would, hopefully that will, you know, they, they'll prove me wrong. <laughs> so if the Saints lose this game, right, then, and I know when I, I don't want to say right, right after that. So let me ask that question again. So <laughs> if the Saints lose this game, then what would have been the reason they lost it? Um... I think the reason would be uh, the Rams' run game. Mm. Mm. I think that's my answer. I'm going to go with that. Okay. So it would be, you if they win, it would be because C.J. Anderson was just too much to overcome. Ty Gurley was too yeah. much to overcome. Yes. Wow. Makes me nervous. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, <laughs> it, it makes me nervous too um, because it seems that um, – as the Rams are getting strong in one position, we've just gotten weaker in our ability to stop that. Mm-hmm. And and that, um, for me, like it does for you, bothers me a little bit, you know? Yeah. Because I have a lot more confidence in, um, like, I have more confidence in P.J. Williams and Eli Apple. I'm not as concerned about um, their receivers. I mean, it's still a threat, but I'm not as concerned about it. But, you know, that our front seven now – being banged up is what makes me nervous. Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I love that answer. All right, so I'm looking at this overall Saints team, right? Um, if you're paying attention to it, um, it, golly, it's just the best time ever. If if somebody's <laughs> if somebody's following your Twitter, they know what I'm talking about, right? Right. Um, I mean, it, it's so much is happening. If you look at the Saints over the past like five years, what they've been able to do is get rid of all the bad locker room guys, right? And initially, people didn't like it. Like people were really like, "Yo, you need bad boys to play football." Like, like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> But they went after the good guy, the smart guy, the effort guy, um, and the guy who would get along well in the locker room. Do you feel right now that um, team chemistry for the Saints is at an all-time high? I think so. I think you can see it. Um, there's just so much camaraderie there. And I think, well, for example, I mean, even one of the press articles that came out a week or two ago where Ingram and Kamara were like, we call, we're brothers. Like, he's my brother. And you have someone like Drew Brees who is experienced and he's a leader and you have young guys that are going to rally around him. Um, I, you can just tell, and even like the fun they have and the locker room celebration videos, they just really enjoy each other. And I think that's really important. Um, getting a little bit off topic here, one, and this is all going to relate back, but um, my prior job, I worked at the Golden State Warriors and I was there um, from 2014 until last year. And that was also a big storyline was part of the reason the Warriors are so good is because they love each other and they're friends and it shows on the court and they hang out with each other outside of, you know, practice and outside of games and they really enjoy each other's company and that translates. And I think that's also what's happening here for the saints. Um, and then even expanding bigger than that, I mean, as always, but the city of New Orleans is rallying around the Saints. And so there's just so much chemistry. And so it's like the talk of the town. And um, it's translating onto the field. How are you liking the new Chopper style stuff? (laughs) I think it's great because so I think it's not to bring them up again. It's our version of last 
years equals dreams and nightmares, right? You have the local rapper that everyone's going to rally around and that's going to be your theme song. And people say this on Twitter and people say this in the news, which I believe is true. But when you have a team that embraces your city's culture, it's going to show and that, and you know, they're going to perform well because they want to do it for their city. So I love that <laughs> they, they're dancing to this. And I think he's performing at halftime on Sunday. I think it's great. I was actually at that game. I was at the Eagles game when they played that song in the Dome and when Ingram and Kamara and Thomas were dancing on the sidelines. And so I think it's been so fun to watch it become a tradition now. Um, it's hilarious. I live for those um, Instagram lives after the game when the guys are in the locker room dancing. Yeah, they go insane. And they're, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've never seen this before. And initially, I kind of questioned it. I'm like, man, will Sean Payton... Um, is it possible that Sean Payton is, is kind of coming off too much of the player's coach? But um, I, I I can't question it now. I mean, he's, he dances with them, right? Like, yeah. he goes there, <laughs> he throws shirts. I mean, he I'm surprised he's not freestyle rapping at times. Like, he's doing everything, right? Um, and they're, they're winning and they're doing well. And so um, I, I think it's great. I think the chemistry is super great right now. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. All right. I agree. But we do have some stuff to, to, to think about, though. Um, the last time we saw the Saints dancing, it was Drew Brees dancing at his 40th birthday party. <laughs> um, he was just kind of, you know, doing a swagged out dance. I liked the way he was kind of <laughs> <was> doing his <laughs> thing, right? So, but he does turn, he, he turned 40, right? Do you see any mm -hmm. signs of him slowing down or is there any evidence of him slowing down in his play? Man, that's a... I know it's like a looming question, but it's something I like, you know, as a Saints fan, you don't even want to think about. You know, it's like one of the time's going to come. It's like same for a Patriots fan. The time's going to come where Brady's going to retire, but you just don't want to think about it. Um, I don't know if I have an answer to that. I want to say I don't see that because most people would argue that at 39, 40 years old, this is probably one of his best seasons ever and his accuracy and his precision. It's as if he's playing like he's Patrick Mahomes age. Um, but at the same time, if, and because as a Saints fan, I'm very superstitious, if, and I'm going to emphasize that, we were to win the Super Bowl, would you not want to go out on top? Ooh. I've thought about that. Um, actually, actually, no, I, I, I was talking to my wife, like, maybe two weeks ago, and I said, I said, babe, like, we, the, the people of New Orleans truly want to win a Super Bowl, but I don't know if they know the possibilities of winning a Super Bowl and what that could mean, right? Right. Like, if we do win a Super Bowl in Atlanta, which would be phenomenal for trash talk from here <laughs> until the end of all generations, right? But <laughs> if the Saints win, then what we're going to see um, is the possibility of losing Drew, and then we move over to a Drewless existence. And yeah, honestly, yeah, I don't know what that looks like. And even if it's Chopper style um, Teddy Bridgewater, right? Like our motorbike Bridgewater, <laughs> even if it's him, I don't know what that, I don't know what that looks like. Um, based on the last game, I'm not super excited about it, but I've heard he plays a lot better than that and we shouldn't judge him based on that. Sure. And I think you can also tell that the organization is preparing for that. I mean, I think that was pretty clear when we signed Bridgewater in the first place. Um, we're definitely thinking, or at least preparing for a life post breeze, which is unfortunate, but it's inevitable. All right. Now, Sean Payton is, is crazy. Um, and I think that's kind of known. Um, 
he comes into the he comes into the locker room with the 225k the trophy the bodyguards the whole deal right um mm-hmm. it kind of aids him in his motivational speech right telling them what they're gonna get um let me ask you this question how do, what do you feel about his methods of motivation i thought that was legendary <laughs> especially with what he supposedly said along like you know you want this um I think it's great, and I, I, I mean, in my opinion, like, whatever it takes to motivate the guys, I think it's very easy, um, and this has kind of been my concern, which they've proved me wrong thus far, I think it's very easy for a team to rest on its laurels, um, you know, we lost three games all season, we have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, like, it's very easy to kind of rest on your laurels, and maybe get a little too comfortable and so I think it's great that he came in and really just sparked that fire because I mean when the end goal is literally sitting right in front of you and you have cash why would you not get excited especially because a lot of these guys are young and a lot of them haven't been there before so it's exciting for them to see that end goal right in front of them now look I'm gonna ask you another question we've like okay so the young people they haven't been there before right um Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. Were you hearing 09? Because I was hearing 09. And I remember that feeling of, you know, just like pure euphoria, right? Like it was insane. The question is, will it mean as much this time as it did that time? To to the team or to the the city? Like who who that nation in general? To the who that who that nation? Um. I think it will it will certainly mean so much, but I think I know what you're asking because of the timing of it in 09. I know it meant so much. Like, my parents cried. I was in college at the time, so I was watching it at um, – I was watching it at a fraternity with a bunch of friends, and nobody there was the same span. And so I didn't really get to share that moment with anyone, but I know it meant so much to everybody and so much to the city that was still in – for lack of a better term, like despair. Um, I don't know if that can ever be replicated. And if it were to happen, I'm not meaning to take away from that because it will still mean just as much to New Orleans. But I think there was just so many other emotional ties in 09 that can't be duplicated. So what do you think this will mean for the for the Houdat Nation if we're able to come to Atlanta and win a Super Bowl? It would mean everything in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing in Atlanta. Well, it's just, you know, and, in, and I, I said, I've been saying this on my Twitter too. It's no matter how good the Saints have been this season and how we've proven that we are a good team, a complete team, and we can find ways to win because that's my biggest thing. And that showed on Sunday is a great team finds a way to win. We still get counted out. And I don't know if you agree, but I still feel like, for example, when we won that, thrilling game against Pittsburgh like, that was a really that was that was a good game yeah the, the storyline was how Pittsburgh blew the game right it wasn't necessarily in the media about how the Saints came back and how we were able to you know find this second wind and pull off the victory because ultimately had we lost that game we were pretty much giving up home field advantage at that point it was all about how the um, how the Steelers lost the game and so I feel like it's just we're always kind of being counted out, which kind of puts a chip on your shoulder. And so I think it would it would just mean so much because we know that our team is good. We've never doubted our team. And even when you get nervous, you still don't doubt them. But I just don't think 
anybody else really believes in us the way that we do. Mm. Okay, and it's because of that you feel like it would mean everything to us just to to prove them to still prove them um, wrong. Yeah, but I, there's probably probably still gonna find a way to. <laughs> <laughs> if that were to happen, there's probably still, like, even if we play the Chiefs or the Patriots, if they came to that, there's still going to be some storyline about how it wasn't necessarily our credit. Somebody else did something wrong. <laughs> Look, I, I will tell you this. Um, to be honest with you, one of the things that, uh, and I think you're absolutely right, one of the things that's always used to discredit our first Super Bowl is the hurricane. Yep. They said it, it was the FEMA Bowl and you guys won the FEMA Bowl and congratulations, right? Like the NFL had to give you guys that one. And I mean, as, as far fetched and nonsensical as it is, people use that all the time in barbershop arguments to justify <laughs> our Super Bowl. I like that. I like that analogy right there. No, but I agree. And I, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like it's, kind of disgusting but that's such a ridiculous reason to um credit the super bowl to that when you watch that game and it's a very well obviously for a saints fan it's a very um unforgettable game you can't some of those big plays that had to have happened like that wasn't to credit of a natural disaster Come no on. not at all <laughs> And then if, if it's not the national disaster, they put it on the bounties, right? They say, oh, well, you guys right. haven't won a Super Bowl since um, they stopped allowing, well, since you guys stopped putting out bounties on people's heads. And I said, oh, right. okay. So, <laughs> Which, okay. Yeah, I know. I, I hate that argument. I know. It's just so many different ones. So this would, this would shut up a lot of people. Let me ask you this. What would, now, if we're unable, let's say we play the Rams and we're unable to beat them this weekend, what would that loss mean to the Saints fan base? obviously be devastating because I think we are and I'm biased we are the favorites to win and I think people are expecting us to especially since we are at home and um, everybody knows how how loud the Superdome gets Um, it would obviously be devastating but I still I I personally feel like if that if the worst case were to happen um give it a week or two (laughs) and I would still feel I would still feel good about where we are I mean even last year we were we were so close we were unfortunately like one missed tackle away from being in the same situation um I still have I think what I'm trying to say is is I have confidence in this franchise and the future of this team that I think we if the worst case happened who says we can't come out next year and do it again Wow. Okay. So you would look at it, um, and it would take about a week. You said, right? But then you would look at it from a positive standpoint and say, "We've we've done well, and it wasn't Super Bowl or bust. It was it was a really good season." Yeah, and I mean, I know a lot of people are looking at it as Super Bowl or bust, which I don't blame them for. But you know, things happen, and the Rams are a very good team, and I don't think they should be discredited. And I know what happened. You know, we had a very high scoring game in week nine, but I, I don't think it's fair to compare the same. Cause just like how everyone was saying, Oh, is it going to be another 48 seven blowout to the Eagles? You know, it was a really close game and we had to rely on our defense there. So, um, it, and like I said, it would take about a week cause I would obviously be in new Orleans <laughs> at the game. If the worst case happened and I would probably be in a little bit of a depression there for a week, but we have a really, really good team. And, Hopefully, these guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So um, I have faith in them. Okay, now we have to get into um, the shenanigans of it all, right? Um, last time we played the Rams, um, 
our coach doing what he does is talking trash on the sidelines, right? Um, and he always does that, by the way. And and then in the press conference, he talks about the matchup he absolutely wanted. It looked really good for him. He just expounded on it, I guess, a little too much. Um, Marcus Peters got in his feelings a little bit. And <laughs> and now, you know, um, he put out the thing. He said, well, next time, we'll see what happens next time, right? Um, we uh-huh. just have a nice little bowl of gumbo together or whatever, right? So <laughs> my question is, um, is it gumbo time for Marcus Peters? Or will we, do you foresee us trying to pick on him again? Um, in my personal thoughts, I, I hope we don't pick on him, um, because when somebody feels like they are going to have something to prove, like, I feel like Marcus Peters is going to come into this game as if he has something to prove, they probably will, and I think the reason I say that is the Rams-Chiefs matchup earlier in the season, which was a really, really good game, I think you could tell he had something to prove against his old team. And he had a great game, and he had some really big plays that kind of helped them um, win the game. So I hope we don't pick on him because at some point he's going to, like what I was saying earlier, he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. Mm, Okay, okay. And because I live in the Bay Area, like, He's West Oakland. He's very confident in himself. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, I just don't ever believe in personally picking on a player. Like, for when other teams pick on Eli Apple, like, somebody's going to come out and do something. They know they're being targeted. Okay, so you want us to stay away from that. Like, let's just play the game and not, like, focus on that nonsense. Right, which, you know, Sean Payton's going to do Sean Payton things and... <laughs> I know. Sometimes I wish my coach was a little more mature, but it's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me ask you this. The Rams also said that, um, well, these are things that I'm hearing, right? The Rams are like the noise in the Super Bowl is overrated and didn't really play a factor um, into the game last time. Do you think it's overrated? The noise in the Superdome is overrated, overblown, overstated? <laughs> that is obviously a very exaggerated statement. I, I think which I I can't really remember off the top of my head, I think that game that we did play in Week 9 may not have necessarily been a loud game, but everybody knows that the Superdome is a very loud place to play in. Even former players that are now analysts and broadcasters say, like, it's hard to play here. And, you know, you have Tony Romo, who, as a quarterback, played in the Superdome for years. It even says, like, it's hard to think and it's hard to communicate. So... I don't know how I feel about that statement because even if it wasn't as loud in week nine, it's the NFC championship at home. Like they're going to bring the noise. Yeah. And, and you said you'll be there, right? So I know you'll bring the noise, right? Yes. Yes. And you know, I don't want to discredit him, but Jared Goff is still a young quarterback. And so that kind of noise could, could potentially cause errors. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. Hopefully um, could rattle him a little bit. Mm hmm. Right. I mean, he kind of has shown to, like, make some m- mental mistakes, which he's still a great quarterback, but that noise, it it could easily get to them. I'm hoping so. Let me ask you this. Um, here's my last question, right? We we know that if the Saints are fortunate enough to beat the Rams and they head to Atlanta for the Super Bowl, um, they're either playing the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs or the Tom Brady-led Patriots. Either one of those situations will be a tough situation. Um, but which one of those teams would you rather see in the Super Bowl and why? Ooh, 
that's hard. Um, I think I go two ways on this. Um, we did a, a podcast yesterday, actually, on Fangirl Sports, and it was our two co-hosts that weekly do the podcast, and they had myself and Hong, who you spoke to last week, our cheese fangirl, on, and we thought we were talking about how it would be kind of fun to have two quarterbacks in their 40s playing in the Super Bowl. Um, the old bowl? Yeah, you got old dogs in their 40s that are, you know, battling it out for the Lombardi Trophy. It'd be kind of a fun storyline. Um, I don't, but it's also Tom Brady and Patriots, and they've been there so many times before. I I think it'd be really fun to see a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl if they got to that point. I think that's the matchup a lot of people have been wanting to see all season, anyways, and I think I think that'd be a really fun Super Bowl. So is that the one you would is that the one you would want? I think so. All right, cool. So I think I haven't thought that far ahead yet. <laughs> okay, okay, I understand that. All right, so if you if if that does happen, will, will you and uh, and Hong do a um do another like a face off basically? I feel like we would have to. I wonder if Hong and I would have to even go to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> That's I dope. mean, it's not that far for either fan base, so. Yeah, yeah, it's not far. All right, cool. Okay. So, um... So that's look that that that's it. There's so many things. There's so many like different areas to cover with this team. It's so um it's so incredible, right? It's just cool that there's only four teams left, and you're one of them, right? Like yeah, that that that's the coolest thing ever. Look, do me a favor. Um, you have so much stuff going on at Fangirl Sports Network. Can you tell the people one more time where they can find you, um, where they can find your content, and then um how they can follow you either on Twitter or Instagram. Yeah, um, I would love for other fellow Houdats and just sports fans in general to follow along because we do we have a lot of fun with the stuff that we do at um, FGSN. So my, my personal handle is Saints FGSN. I'm on Twitter and Instagram with the same um, handle, and then I'm also on Facebook. And you know, it's it's either curated content if we're sharing articles or you know, us just being fangirls of our team and sharing our own picks and videos. So follow along. I would, I would love to have Houdat, you know, with me and especially this weekend because I'll be at the game. So I'll be sharing pictures. I'll probably be live streaming. So it'll be a lot of fun. That's so dope. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Megan. Um, I truly, truly appreciate it. Listen, if you're out there and you are um, listening to this particular podcast and you want to know more about Fangirl Sports, please go follow her. You heard where you can um, follow um, Megan, where you can get her content. Go and follow them. Um, listen to their podcast, right? There's a lot of interaction that goes on between the fangirls. So absolutely, absolutely um, spend some time in that content, right? It's kind of cool. Um, and then if you like what you're hearing now on MTNV Sports, go ahead and leave us a like. Um, subscribe to our our um, podcast and then just let us know kind of what you think and there's also a number that you can call but i'll share it a little bit later all right look i'm so happy that you guys are here and listening and i hope you have a wonderful day god bless Started rapping at 17 in the front of a caddy. My daddy got me just thinking I had the Midas touch. Complication just confiscated my conversation.